Thanks for joining us again. Van Dam, Jared. Mm. Probably, I think, probably his most well-known picture. I can't believe it's taken us this long. I know. Fucking hell, we're closing in on 400 eps. Yeah, we, we have not we couldn't stumbled across fucking Bloodsport in that time. Yeah. Bloodsport, 1988. Cannot wait to discuss this film. Cannot wait. I mean, this is, this is you know what, this is a major player in my youth. Mm. This and Kickboxer was where I sort of, you know, I got I, Van Damme graced my eyeballs and I, I took on his catalogue. Yep. But before we get to that, let's run through quickly what we've been watching. Jared, I went to Final Destination 2. Mm. I skipped the first one. I remember liking the, like, the idea but finding the first one to be kind of boring. But the sequel's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, it's it's basically like Saw. Just a yeah. just a, a you know, just a, a, a whole film's full of like traps. Yep. But they're so cool. Like that they just do such a cool job of kind of like making out like something's gonna happen and they make you look at something, oh shit, this this guy's gonna get electrocuted yeah, yeah. and then something else happens on the sly and like it I think they do a really good job with that shit. Yep. And most of them, I believe, are pretty good. My recollections are the last one has the fucking coolest ending. Like, it kind of circles back. Yeah, I need to get back into them because I haven't watched them in ages. I think three's kind of shit. Well, that, that was the one. Wasn't that the one where we were in the cinema watching it and there was a the the song on the radio? Oh, and you. Like, <laughs> the song on the radio. We started giggling in the cinema. Like, yeah, like yeah, a pair yeah. of idiots. Yeah. Like, th- look... Some of them are not all successful, but they're all entertaining, I think you'll find. So I enjoyed Final Destination 2. I watched a slasher movie from the early 80s. I believe it was filmed in 1981, but not released until 1983. And it had Daryl Hannah, Rachel Ward, Adrian Zmed from uh, Bachelor Party, and Joe Pantoliano. Mm -hmm. It's called The Final Terror. Nah. No. There's a reason that it, it was yeah it was stayed quite, on the shelf. Look, it was it was directed by Andrew Davis. Yeah. So it probably had a little bit better sort of sheen to it, perhaps, but it was still pretty cheap jack sort of shit. And it actually had a kind of a little bit of that kind of just before dawn feel. Yeah. On the side as well, so it was kind of a slasher, kind of not. It was like a bit of a hillbilly movie. I don't, I don't know exactly how to quite where to sort of place it, other than. Average. <laughs> yeah, it was on Tubi. Yeah, right. Good on Tubi. So I should have known. <laughs> Immediately as I fucking pressed on the Tubi app. This could be troublesome. I watched the final one of the uh, third volume of Untold Docos, uh, Swamp Kings. Mm-hmm. Very much a puff piece. I mean, it does not go into any of the issues there you at and all. The, you and the Netflix docos are just in this uncomfortable waltz that you've been doing for about fucking five years. For some reason, I keep walking out and going, would you like to dance? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you keep looking at all the other people on the dance floor thinking, oh, I'm more attracted to them, but yeah, then you but keep going back to the same <laughs> dance partner and saying, would you like red? to dance? Would you like to step on my toes? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> fucking hell. No, you know what? Once again, you're an eternal optimist. Oh yeah, but well, you're waiting for that. This good, one's four episodes one. too, for fuck's sake. Once again, Netflix is getting going overboard with, you know, how much information to put in there. And I think if if you'd have covered some of the shit, it would have been worth four episodes. Yeah, but it's just it, well, fuck, mate. Aaron Hernandez went there. 
Yeah. The guy's a fucking murderer. Yeah. <laughs> He's a murderer. Yep. Like, you, you're not you're covering any of that. Mm. You're not even going to touch on the fact that this guy was there and there were some issues when he was there too. Well, didn't they make an Aaron, Aaron Hernandez doco? Yeah, they did. <laughs> But, <laughs> You've probably already done the research. Yeah, but yeah, just just you needed to get in there a little bit. It just wasn't very. It it was basically just fucking saying how awesome these folks were. Yeah. And look, I will say this much: it seems like Tim Tebow at least wasn't a fucking penis. Well, like he's it, one of those clearly a, a a hardworking prick. Yeah. And also, I think he yeah very much a. You know, he was into his faith and that. Yeah. And he didn't sort of go away from it. And, you know, we didn't find him slumped in an alley somewhere. Well, the thing about him is he's one of these guys where people remember him for this... this you know, he gets remembered for his sports failures after a little kind of uh, a, a hot Most stretch. Great, yeah. But the guy seems like a, a decent fucking bloke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, there's got to be I, an appreciation of I that. I prefer, yeah, decent yeah, fella. Yeah. But that's it. That's the thing, isn't it? There's no appreciation for... Whether he's a good bloke or not, it's uh, I couldn't he, he couldn't cut it in the footballing arena. Yeah, but as you said, he gives a shit. He's probably fucking satisfied that he he gave yeah. everything. It's because it sounds like he worked hard and, and very similar and to what I said about what he had. Very similar to what, well, sort of the opposite, I guess, to Manziel, but the same thing occurred. Mm. You know, Tebow didn't cut it at the higher level. Yeah, unfortunately, for different reasons. For different reasons, yes. Uh, it wasn't about work. It was just about that he perhaps wasn't quite there. Yeah. Manziel, on the other hand, his work ethic wasn't there and he didn't love it. Yeah. So it was interesting to see that dy- that differing dynamic mm. across the two of those docos, um, which I did think that was kind of interesting to look at because, as I said to you, I don't I don't fault Manziel for not enjoying the fucking stuff. No. But to me, it... It it just seems like a real fucking grind. Look, Maybe there's always a, there's always a part of me that's like, I, if you if someone doesn't enjoy the sport, I can understand that. You're good at something that perhaps you don't enjoy, but you also get presented with opportunities. But you don't I, take them. Yeah, I would also say, can I fucking deal with this for five years and never have to work again? And I, I can say, yeah, could. I can. I could probably crush the soul for a few years. I can get off the piss and the coke yeah, for but, five years and, and be committed. But I'm also the type of sports fan that, you know, if a guy does that for the team that I play for, I'm not going to fucking hate the guy for the rest of my life. I'm no. not going to fucking, every time someone brings him up, I'm not going to scowl and yeah. piss and moan. I might have a giggle at some of the bad times and things like that. But that's the thing. Like, I, I love my sports and I'm still heavily involved in them, but I'm also the absolute opposite of the people that fucking live and die by it every week. Like, no. I love I love watching a Spurs game. But if we suck, I'm like, well, fuck. We had fucking twenty years of the, of the best you could hope for. Yeah. So you got to you got to suck this up, don't you? You like, got to take the good with the bad. Just got to enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, so that was the interesting part of that vo- that volume. Yeah. Is it yep. kind of did showcase a little bit of that different side of it? Yeah. Um, but two players who had similar careers at NFL level hmm. where it didn't work. So that and and the reasons behind it were different. I rewatched the Equalizer. Hmm. In preparation to see the Equalizer three. Yep. Unfortunately, I didn't get to part two, which is disappointing. We may have to cover that. Too. Yes, yes. The original Equalizer, and I said this to my mate when we went and saw three. It is a fucking five out of ten picture. But then you throw in Denzel throw Washington. Denzel, yeah, yeah. It's a fucking eight out of ten. Correct. Like Correct. the sequence when he kills those five blokes in the fucking rope. Yeah, yeah. Is fucking awesome. Like it's just Look, so awesome the way it's put done. Put it to you this way. <clears throat> I'm not a Taken fan. No. 
But Liam Neeson has been living off that shit for, what, 15 years yeah. now? You put Denzel in any one of those pictures, I'll say, it's yeah, and, watch that. And it's a hit. <laughs> yeah. Like, and Neeson was having some success for a while. And Neeson's that's cool. not a guy that I dislike. I think no. he's a very good actor. Yeah, exactly. But he's not Denzel. No. <laughs> no, that's right. And the, and uh, by the way, there was a Neeson preview for a new Neeson <laughs> action picture in part three. But I believe oh, out of the last, I think it was the last five or the last ten, none of that shit's top top. Fucking double figures at the no 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 he's he cooled <laughs> off there he was a period there to video the the taken films direct and TV things like non stop and that they were successful because he was made he had he was had a hot streak there going mm-hmm. but the difference is that Washington never seems to phone it in even when he's kind of almost on autopilot sometimes he's still fucking. Better than ninety five percent of the actors out yeah, there, yep. and that's and I'm saying that's that's when he's cruising. Yep. When he's at the fucking top of his game and he's he's fully invested yeah. and he's given a, a quality bit of work. Yeah, he's the best actor in Hollywood. Yeah. Like I would probably, without, he, I I would say he it. probably still is. He Talk still Maddie, is the best Maddie's, actor. Oh, Maddie's, 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 Maddie's knows his resume. Fucking <laughs> inside <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even know who he is. <laughs> You're talking about Denzel Valentine, <laughs> the point guard for <laughs> Sydney. So the Equaliser is a is kind of a real sort of bare bones sort of thriller, mm. but then Denzel just elevates it to being much better than it probably should be. Yep. I guess the other thing about Denzel is he brings more money to the table. Yep. And then you get better people mm. involved. Big fan of Martin Cossacks as the villain. Yeah, surprising. Right. Like I, I forgot all about him, mm. but he's kind of really good in it because he's the absolute opposite. He's just this fucking guy who has no feelings for anything. He's just there to fucking sort this out, you know. And I really like that. There's a real cool um, conversation over dinner where him and Denzel kind of square off, and I really like it. I think it works out really well. Yep. And of course, I went and saw the Equalizer three. Yep. Not bad. Still on par with the others. Yeah. That they've dialed down some of the the violence. I think probably because Denzel's, you know, sixty seven and then they wanted to kind of just pull away a little bit from having to show him punching and kicking and gouging people. Mm. And it, so it's a little less exciting and there's a couple of superfluous kind of character situations in there. Yeah. But I actually really like the uh reunion between him and Dakota Fanning. Mm. Yeah, it's been 20 years since Man on Fire, Man on Fire. when she was like 10. Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of really good scenes where the two of them are together and you can just kind of see that there's a chemistry there between them yeah. that has always been there. Yeah. And, you know, you read the you read the trivia about Man on Fire, they talk about how basically Tony Scott just kind of let it, let the camera roll and just let them fucking uh, improvise with each other. Yeah. And you can just kind of see that there's obviously a, a really good Bond rapport, there. and there's always been a really good rapport. So it was good to see. Just as an aside, bringing up Man of Man on Fire because I'd recently been reading a bit more Shea Serrano. Mm. There's a bit in his book that I cannot stop laughing at about how in Man oh, on Fire, how he knows how many times he stuck fucking bombs up guys' bums yeah, and bones. He goes, he <laughs> plays that scene like that is not the first time he's jammed a bomb up someone's ass. <laughs> It's that old and thing. Was... sitting around in the office and going, what did you do today? Oh, I jammed a ball on a bloke's bum. 
So good. So good. Yeah, I can't recommend his writing yeah, enough. Yeah, I you haven't grabbed the uh, Action Hero Champ- oh, yeah. Action Hero Scouting Report. Yeah, it was fucking good. That I think it's up really on good. Gumroad or something like that. Yeah, and that's it for me. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I got a couple. Of, I got a couple here that I'm, I'm sure you're going to be absolutely thrilled to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's start with full and ended mood. <laughs> I can't wait to dig into it. <laughs> okay, so I started with the. Carry TV version. Oh, I thought you were going to say the remake. No, so I mean, I'd seen the re- remake in the last few years, and obviously the original, but I'd never seen the the one that was made for TV and then didn't pan out, and and so they just turned it into the TV movie, and I didn't know that it was fucking scripted by Brian Fuller. Mm. So I yeah, I came checked across it, it, came across it, checked it out. What was it like? It wasn't great, but it actually has a couple of reasonable things about it, like. The girl that plays Carrie, I think, is pretty good. She, she kind of dials it up, but I think she puts in a pretty good performance. I think one of the better parts is the mother, because hmm. she's played by what's her name, Patricia. Uh, shit, can't remember her last Clarkson? name. Yes, yes. And she's not fucking over the top. Hmm. She kind of plays it like, yeah. Well, she. I shouldn't say she's not over the top. She's she is over the top in her reactions to certain things. But, there's, but not constantly throughout. Yeah, and it's not like a crazy... She, like, she actually plays parts like she legitimately thinks she's doing the right thing for the for the girl. Yeah. Obviously, the effects and shit like that don't play out real well, but it is reasonably faithful as well, and it plays it like the book. Having read the book, how they play it in, like, newspaper yeah, clippings, um, clippings and, and things like that, it's all done in, like, talking to the police and kind yeah. of flashback interviews and shit. So, yeah, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. It's not, like I said, it's not great, but I'd heard it was just terrible. So, watching it, I thought, yeah, it's actually a worthwhile watch. So. Because the remake, and I was talking to my um, daughter's boyfriend, because he just recently picked up some King. Mm. The Gunslinger. Yeah, right. And he fucking loved it. Loved it. And um, we were talking about Carrie, and I said that the remake kind of had all the right pieces in place. Yeah. Like, they got the right actors, in my mind. Mm. But then it's like, I mean, fuck. <laughs> you take Julianne Moore and you turn her into a fucking psychotic who rants and raves constantly like that. Yeah, It, yeah. it kind of fucked all that up. Yeah, you've got this really, really good actress it. and you don't give her anything to work with. You just give her this, I need you to fucking dial yeah. this up to the fucking mill. If she had played it like Patricia <laughs> Clarkson played this one, I think it... Would have worked out really nice. Really, really worked well in that one. Of course, unfortunately, you had fucking Ansel Ergot or whatever his name is. Just every time I see that bloke, he just comes across like a cock. You just you can't get on him, can you? I can't. You can't get on. Put him in the Noah Centennial category. Like I just can't get on. Can't get on board with those guys for whatever reason. He did. He does tell a funny story though about his mum going to one a Hollywood party and running into Bruce Willis and saying, "Who are you again?" <laughs> he was like, I'm oh, Bruce Willis. <laughs> she says, so what do you do for a living? <laughs> he says, oh, I'm an actor. <laughs> I've made a few things in front of her. I believe she said, how's it going? <laughs> He's like, it's worked out all right. Yeah, it's done pretty well. <laughs> it's going okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I'm not an Ansel Egord guy either. And, and, and again, I think, again, looking back at that remake... Chloe Grace Moritz just didn't, like, it doesn't work in the sense of 
you know, when when they pretty her up for the prom, like all these people have been shitting on her. If yeah. she looks better than all of them, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, ah, it doesn't really work. Like, Sissy Spaker's sick worked better because they really dialed her down yep. Yep. in the initial phase. Yep. And I believe they do that with the, the TV movie. Yeah. She's much more sort of mousy. Yes, and- correct. So yeah, I would I would say if you can, if you can get a look at it and it's in you know if you're a King fan, it's definitely worth worth checking out. One of the things that I was uh, hugely disappointed at though was because it was made in I believe it was made in Canada, oh. or had Canadian elements to the production. So Catherine Isabel shows up as one of her kind of tormentors. Yeah. Now, I'm a big Catherine Isabel fan. Every time I kind of see her in something, because she hasn't done a whole lot of high profile work, I'm kind of like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm excited. This might be the worst, <laughs> worst, worst performance ever. She's playing it like a... And I don't know whether she was told to or whatever, but she's playing it like a... It's almost like a fucking comic performance. <laughs> so, that's probably the biggest downer. I was like, yeah, Catherine Isabel's in it. They'd yeah. I wish you wasn't. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Catherine, what are you doing to us? I'm going to have to go and watch bloody Ginger Snaps again just to remember what, <laughs> what you came on. I... Whilst you were checking things like Equalizer 3, I dipped into the Meg 2. Oh, no! <laughs> Fuck no, hell. no, no. Honestly, for the majority of the runtime, it's not a shark movie. But what is it? It's almost like underwater. There's these elements of where they get fucking trapped underwater and shit like that. Considering you're going to a movie called The Meg 2, you start off and there doesn't seem to be enough happening in that sense. And at the back end, there's just fucking way too much happening. There's too many characters. There's too much shit going on. <laughs> I mean... I'll put it to you this way. I I didn't hate it. I went in. I had a, a just a, you know, a passable cinema experience. But I would have got the same... I would have got exactly the same feelings out of a fucking... Out of a sci-fi shark movie. Yeah. As I got out of this one. So I'm like, why the fuck are you spending... This money on plus this. plus, I mean, box office wise, it seems to have not been a hit. Well, like, I don't think it's a been a huge, huge hit. I remember the first one. The, the first one made six hundred mil. Yeah, this one's made like three fifty. Yeah. So it's again, it's a, it's a, and this is where I feel like a lot of people are looking at the current Hollywood landscape and going, "Well, fuck, we've got to stop spending so much money." Because Correct. Even mission. Let's let's look at Mission Impossible. If that only costs a hundred and fifty, right? Because mm. it didn't. It cost two ninety. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Five hundred and twenty-five at the box office, or five fifty at the box office. You're making profit. Mm. You're making some profit there, but you can't make a profit when you're making two. When you're spending two ninety, mm. when you're making Blue Beetle for one twenty-five, and you've fucking banked eighty-five, you're obviously not going to make any profit, are you? No. So these things are becoming problematic. But 125 is a budget where you would say for a picture with some stature, not to say that Blue Beetle has, but if a... But you could make Blue Beetle for 60. Yeah, you probably could. Yeah. yeah. So what's happening is these fucking budgets are inflated to the hell. Like, think about it. Look at um, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. That was that was that was bank. I did one. look at it, Adam, and I'm one of the handful of people. That <laughs> I did. wish I'd gone blind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're telling me to look at it. I did. Yeah, yeah. Did you look at it? No, I didn't. You, you, you were in the majority. 150 million. <laughs> Who are you spending that on? Like you don't yeah. have fucking big names in it. Yeah. So where's the budget going? Like, yeah, where, look, what the fuck I are you spending it all on? It's hard. I think we got to fucking. 
we've got to get a little bit away from COVID because I think a bunch of these got blown out by Yeah, COVID. they did. Like, I mean, Impossible Tommy was... Cruise was having to yell at people and... Fucking <laughs> PC, though, <laughs> you right now. We're spending $290 million, you <laughs> cocksucker. Listen, <laughs> when I saw the budget sheet, I'd have been yelling louder than Tommy Cruise. Shit, I had three What's masks What's your on? fucking yeah. mask on? Like, <laughs> I've just looked at the budget sheet. If you don't put oh, your mask shit. on, I'm going to jam it up your fucking ass. Yeah, yeah. TC was on fucking fired up. Like, but put it this way. That would have probably been made for like 180. Yeah, it still would have been big. It would have been, the budget would have been high, but you probably could have walked away and said it's it's made a little profit. Yes. Even yeah. though it's well under what the previous one made, I yeah. think. You know, Barbie and, and Oppenheimer are almost like, like anomalies. Yeah. Like, yeah. everything else has gone shit to bed. Mate, if Barbie, if Barbie and Oppenheimer weren't there, <laughs> the box office would be like... Oh, it's, it's in fucking hell. Let's shut down cinemas. Yes. <laughs> like, it's been disastrous. Yeah. I mean, even this weekend, did you notice, like, Equaliser made Big Dosh mm. first, first day on Friday? Yeah, but it's not going to have a huge budget. No, no, it's going to be... Ha- and the... the this is the other thing about Denzel. Yeah. I mean, the guy fucking... The guy makes reasonably budgeted films. He doesn't make fucking gigantic big behemoths where there's a shitload of money being spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're always profitable. Denzel's probably taking points. And he's saying, yeah, that shit's not going to be more than $50 million. Yeah, yeah. Because I need, I need my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want Denzel? You get points. Antoine Fuchs was setting up all these fucking cameras and Denzel's like, mate... <laughs> What did I fucking tell yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I tell we're you? Tight. You got that we're shit tight down. Yeah, mate. No, we, we, we are, I am fucking... Ba- we are baking as much dosh as we can. Yeah. I guess it's because Denzel doesn't make, like, superhero movies or anything no, like that. No, no. But again, keep your budgets fucking modest. Talk to Jason Blum. He'll look at your budget and he'll cut fucking $150 million out of that shit. <laughs> no, Blum is going, you're getting this much. Yeah. Here it is. But that's the thing, right? As far as I, I know, he is noted for being not a meddler. He says, you control this, you do whatever creative decision you see fit is great. Here's how much it's going to cost you. And it's not going to cost a cent more. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Don't come fucking cap in hand later because you ain't getting anything. But and look can at, I tell you? But look I'm at the way he the, handles um, things like Jamie Lee Curtis, for instance, coming back for Halloween. Yep. Right? She would have got, I believe the budget for that was 2015, 15 to 20. Yep. For the year, the, the 2018 Halloween. She would have got a modest a modest paycheck. Yeah. Well, a modest by standards of like Hollywood. So maybe a couple of million up front, potentially. But you know he would have been saying to her, you know what? We're making this for 20 million bucks. This is going to make several hundred million. Correct. Right? So we're going to give you some back end. Yeah. We're going to give you a producing credit. Well, let me We're tell you, back Jamie it. Lee has not been happier to be turning up on red carpets in the last couple of years. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis has had a fucking renaissance. Look, it was not, what, 15, 15 years ago when she said, kill me off and don't ever fucking speak to me yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Blum mentioned me Jason and fucking Halloween. Jason on the red carpet wearing fucking Fright Rags Halloween yeah, shirt. exactly, exactly. Like, and because she knows that... The series went in a, a direction I think she liked mm. because I think she was one of these people who wants to wanted to press the envelope a little on Michael Myers, yep. not have him be just a fucking boogeyman and the same shit. Yeah. And she, as much she, as I dislike the made, last one, I'm happy 
to for you, you to fucking it, yeah. take some goes like that out. Yep. And she has made a fucking substantial amount of money. I can oh. guarantee it. Same as lights are on. They burn brightly. It is on. Stephen's still struggling to find the <laughs> Stephen's on cold cuts this month. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a furnace. <laughs> He's shoveling coal still the big He's got boy. a fucking oil lamp <laughs> occasionally, maybe every other night. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't had steak in fucking months. <laughs> All right, get on with it. Like, what else okay. you got? But, but just, Meg, just, Meg just, Meg just quickly before we move on, yeah. I just watched the fucking Five Nights at Freddy's trailer. Oh, yeah. That's budgeted at 25 mil. Yeah. And I can tell you, that's just looking at it. It's faithful to the games. Everything looks fucking excellent. It'll looks get like the game. Make a shitload of Blum is gonna be filling up another pool's <laughs> worth of money. Jason Blum is like oh, is that Scrooge McDuck. That's Blumhouse. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Blumhouse one. Yep. Yeah, he's like Scrooge McDuck. The cut. He's got that fucking gigantic vault out in the yeah. middle of the. We know? keep talking to Tommy Cruise to save Hollywood. Just look, yeah, Jason Blum. Jason Blum's door is open. Yeah, but get, anyway. open. get in. Um, so the next one, uh, well. We'll probably be talking about this one at length too, Adam. I watched Subspecies 5. <laughs> <laughs> fucking score one for fucking Spirit yeah. House. Spirit House. Spirit House is up to about five now. Chalamet's still on a duck. <laughs> so, so Kevin Spirit House is coming out ahead. Miles is Chal- ahead. Is Chalamet an Oscar winner? Possibly. <laughs> I would At least know. a nominee. I would know. I so treat, him like, no I treat him like Ansel Ergos and I treat Bruce Willis. Who are you? <laughs> Honestly, the bloke would serve me my fucking dinner and I wouldn't know who he was. So. <laughs> Actually, no. I've, I've watched the Wonka trailer and had a giggle at it, so I did okay, so you I feel like know what he looks like. Okay, so you feel like he'll get on the board? He'll get it. He'll get one, but I'll probably sit there going, oh, yeah, I don't think Chalamet's my cup and seat. species You know what? I thought... It was going to be an absolute disaster, but it was. I enjoyed it. Was <laughs> I would say out of my definitive, you are the only person out of my definitive subspecies ranking, <laughs> second best out of the subspecies movies for me. No, it look. Would it have been shot in Romania? I think it might have been. It was shot in the vicinity, in the general direction of Romania. But Charles Band is not spending. Anything. He's not spending a dime over like a hundred k. So I was expecting this to look terrible, but it actually looks pretty good. Is it directed by the same? Yes, it's Ted Nicolau again, (laughs) back on board. (laughs) Ted Nicolau. (laughs) Teddy Nicolau diving it. (laughs) Have they exhumed Ted (laughs) Nicolau? Holy shit. Look, I'm going to say. Only watch it if you've ever watched the other subspecies <laughs> movies and thought, yeah, I could probably watch another one. Yeah, how was Kevin Spiritas, though? Spiritas was under heavy makeup. <laughs> so I couldn't recognise the bloke. <laughs> He's trying to hide. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. But only if I fucking get made up so no one will recognise me. Kevin Spiritas. Well, he's ahead on somebody's leader. <laughs> <laughs> Yours, you fucking silly prick. <laughs> I continue. Shit. <laughs> so, subspecies. Check it out. Um, I've watched Smoke and Mirrors, Tom Savini docker. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah, it wasn't bad. 
I actually think the worst part of it was that it that it had too much access to Savini. It really? feels like he might have made it because he's it's him talking the entire time. There's other people occasionally kind of interjecting about him. But uh, talk about someone that's lived an interesting life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bloke just tells you about his morning and it's fucking more he interesting in than Vietnam, anything you've ever done. Wasn't he? He's in the Vietnam and tells a fantastic fucking story about how he got off the front lines of Vietnam. And, you know, he tells about how his special effects, he fucking got his start by going down and knocking on the window of the local fucking... Um, horror hosts studio and ended yeah. up getting his monsters and on stage and the fact that he, you know, he, I think he's you've probably heard it before, but the fact that he when he was about fucking fourteen or fifteen he dressed himself up as Dracula to go to this local. Well, he, so he went to a local magician show and saw that they picked a kid out of the show to be Dracula. Yeah. And so the next time he went and fucking dressed up as Dracula with his own costume and he's like, I made sure that. I was getting picked. Yeah. And then <laughs> next thing he's like, oh, I, became, I started touring with them and they paid me in milkshakes and nickels. Like, <laughs> you were fucking 15, Tom. What were you doing? But anyway, yeah, the guy's had an incredibly interesting life. Oh, yeah. And but I'd like to hear from his peers. Well, yeah, and him. there is a little bit of that. And they do go into other stuff that I was happy that they did too, like how he pulled back on it due to family stuff and opened the school. Yeah. Which was awesome. That's oh, is that why he, put, he to, sort of got out of the game? There was family situations where he had to take on one of his kids. Again, really kind of... I mean, he, he had one kid who ended up moving away from him who he didn't grow up around and what? Sorry, the kid didn't grow up around him. Then he had another kid who was living with the mother who he had to take back when she was reasonably young. And So, yeah, it was pretty incredible stuff, but I think it would have been nice to hear from other people more... But worthwhile watch. Absolutely a worthwhile watch. After that, I went on to another doco. I went to to Helen back, the Kane Hodder story. Okay. Again. Fuck. Holy shit. Yeah. He goes deep into his injury. That takes up... When did the injury the happen? <clears throat> so the injury happened early on. I think he was about 22. He was a stunt man. Yes. He was kind of pushing into the stunt game. Yeah. And so, yeah, he goes deeper than I've ever heard about the injury and the and the recovery. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, fucking hectic, all yeah, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a t- one tough motherfucker, right? He There's is no doubt about fucking that. tough, all right. They, they, he mentions, like, the, the fact that he talks about how he was in care for about four months. And, you know, not it's not really spoilers because it's all out there, but he goes in depth on it. But basically says after the four months he got moved to a fucking Burns unit and basically discovered that the shit that they'd been doing for four months was stuff they shouldn't have been doing and if he had gone to the Burns unit initially it would have saved him a lot of hassles and whatever. But the big thing for me was his old man had been in combat and had seen people get addicted to painkillers. So on the sly had told the first doctor at the the first place who Hodder does not have nice things to say about. I'm sure he doesn't. Basically his old man said to him, can you not give him fucking high level painkillers because he was scared he was going to get addicted oh. and the doctor said yeah right oh so he was fucking recovering from burn like severe burns without heavy I mean I get I do get that but there's a reason why there's opioid drugs yeah because yep. there's at times the pain is fucking immense yeah and yep. the only way to, to get some relief is to use opioids That's yes the, yeah um, same. I think his dad had the best intentions, but but badly, badly, yeah, thought out. Um, but the thing that came out of that for me was you forget how much the guy did. 
He was in fucking everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he fucking in oh, everything. As far as fucking stuntman, I think he's very well regarded, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Uh, I got into the cinemas again and checked out uh, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Oh, yes. I enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, we've had so many Dracula movies and things like that that it was it was really cool to see it from this angle of like, well, let's take a chunk of the story that mm. is in every version but hasn't really been told. Okay, so yeah. let's go for that. Um, obviously, it suffers from the problem of, well, you know where it sort of ends up. But I actually really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Lost a little bit of steam towards the end, but highly <coughs> recommend it. Okay. Um, I would I would check it out. Good. Another cinema visit. <laughs> I was Gosh, there a little bit. Fucking spend your time at the cinemas. <laughs> I ducked into the doco Rose Gold, Adam, which was it's only it was only out for a week, but it was about the boomers. Oh yeah. Metal. Yeah. So I think the it's less, gonna be, the less said about their recent <laughs> less said about recent form, the better. I believe <laughs> that in about fucking ten minutes' time, they're about to wrap up their World Cup tournament, but. Yeah, it was really cool. I think it's going to be on ABC or something. It yeah. had some ABC involvement, but yeah. it was only a one-week cinema run, so I thought, yeah, I want to check it out in the cinemas. Was it good? Yeah, really cool. It's, it speaks to a handful of the, the, the players, the big players, like Joe Ingalls and Paddy Mills and stuff like that, but I'll tell you what, it's never going to fail to fucking t- to make me tear up watching Andrew Gaze oh, tear up. He's <laughs> fucking, on. When he's speaking about all the failures and, you know, getting so close and the fucking the bad refs calls and shit like that. Oh, and then he just breaks down and I'm sitting there going, oh, Gazy. <laughs> but you know why? Because you feel for Gaze. Yeah, because he was the bloke. He was the heart and soul of the Australian team. But well, we weren't running realize- around with... Uh, entire team full of NBA talent. Correct. But you also realise that he's not fucking upset. He's not yeah. fucking bemoaning his own career. No. The guy was genuinely fucking just yeah, he was overcome with the emotion of the moment. He was stoked so that we won't happy about it. it. And knows, you know, every everyone will fucking credit Andrew Gaze with being the heart and soul of that shit for so long, like, that he's a part of it, regardless yeah. of whether he was on the team or not. So, yeah, that was really cool to watch. I finally fucking got a hold of big fan. Oh, with Payton Oswald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed to... It just... It was hard really to hard it. to get on streaming for ages. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely saw that and really liked it. I thought it was totally... Yeah. Totally different angle. Well, it's one of the most fucking stuff. frustrating movies. Well, not frustrating. Like, it's a really good movie, but it's frustrating to watch this guy who's just a... F- like, he's he's... The way that he's wrapped up in the team and the guy that fucking belted him up and stuff like that is... It's it's fucking uh, in, very intriguing to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of scary too because scary there outst- are people like that. Yeah, outstanding performance from him. Yeah, I love how they make it just his little world. Hmm. Him, fucking Philadelphia Phil, his fucking silly mate. Yeah, and they've got nothing else. Yeah. Absolutely nothing else. So and looking that- at it in the context of the fan, yeah, mm-hmm. the one with De Niro. Yep. And looking at this one's more what you would expect. The fan was kind of over the top, you know, yeah, like fatal attraction yes. type of thing. Yes. Whereas this one was like grounded. It's These very guys grounded. exist. Yeah, it's very grounded. Like yeah, the fact that there are fucking sports people out there yeah. have to deal with these people. And I love the situation that they put him in. Like that this is the this is this is the guy that you idolise. I love that everyone's to blame. Like the guy that the, the the fucking player looks like a bit of a deal. Looks like he might have been, you know, the the, the what comes before which looks like a drug deal and all this sort of stuff but Oswald's behaviour is fucking not okay yeah that's right yeah. and so everyone everything's kind of, going well and then he fucking shoots his mouth off about how we followed you here yeah 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 
And it's it's fucking intriguing watching it from that point. It's almost like, you know, without him, there's nothing for me. Mm. And, yeah, fucking really, yeah, really good watch. Yeah. Really good watch. Then I got into a bit of fan film territory. Oh. So I watched Dylan's New Nightmare. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You did which mention is about this the other day. 35 minutes, I believe it goes for. It's a fan film that was kick-started with Miko Hughes to do a bit of a follow-on story from New Nightmare. And how is it? It's not bad. It's not too bad at all. Like, it's so hard in that 35 minutes to really make a something that's going to last for you. I find fan films are so hit and miss. Like, most of them are miss. Occasionally you get a real gem like the, the Batman Endgame kind yeah. of thing that you just remember forever. This one's kind of in the middle. Like, it's it's it looks really good. The guy that plays Freddy... Considering you're working on a Kickstarter budget, I think they raised all up at maybe 150, 200k or something to make yeah. it. Guy that plays Freddy does a reasonable fucking facsimile yeah. of, of Robert England because I was thinking, oh shit, this is where it could really go bad. Some sequences. So maybe that doesn't Robert or maybe... <laughs> no, Robert wasn't <laughs> not involved. No. Some sequences that that look really really solid, but the story feels kind of incomplete and mm. like you couldn't really go where you wanted to go on the budget. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say have a look at it. Obviously it's free on YouTube. And okay. So then I followed that up with a Friday the 13th fan film called Vengeance 2 Bloodlines. Vengeance 2 Bloodlines? Yes. So Vengeance 1. Also, these are both, on, um, also on YouTube. YouTube. These are both feature length. Feature length? 90 minutes. Shit. And this one does some really solid work with Jason. The Jason stuff looks really cool. The The downside of, is, of it is to make sure Jason is really cool, they load it with so many people. There's so many people yeah. in it. But by that token, CJ Graham's in it, Tom Matthews is in it. Oh, really? Tom McLaughlin's in it. Um, Tom McLaughlin? Tom McLaughlin Fucking is hell. in it. Tom McLaughlin actually plays... He's kind of like this fucking scumbag that's hanging around the cemetery... I probably shouldn't give it away if you're going to watch it spoiler territory but about halfway through he makes his comment about I should have listened to Uncle Martin and fucking this guy's a farthead or whatever I'm like oh why they've connected it to him but CJ Graham plays Elias Voorhees oh yeah okay um, and Tom Tom uh, Matthews is Tommy Jarvis oh really yeah so they they link it heavily to part 6 doesn't quite work out but some of the Jason stuff is really cool and I enjoyed the first one too so they're a couple of the fan films that they've put a hell of a lot of work into. So I would say, yeah, if you got if you got, okay. got a couple of hours, um, you can you can punch through them, and you'll probably be satisfied with the the kills. There's a massive amount of kills and Jason doing Jason things. Okay, that's so, yeah, right. that was pretty cool. Dipped back into Napoleon Dynamite for the first time oh, in a long yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I still laugh my ass off. I do too. Of times. I do. I still... And. It's I mean, actually that, a really kind of sweet movie in a lot of ways. Uncle Rico's Uncle my god, he's fucking awesome. Is, he makes me fucking laugh Mate, every single time. I have not laughed quite as hard as when Napoleon's on the fucking time machine and it's buzzing and he's kind of grabs his nuts. He's like, turn it off, it doesn't work. And Rico kind of limps out holding his nuts going, I could have told you that. <laughs> Absolute uh, yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, heavy laughs. I, yeah. I laughed a lot. I thought I thought I'm gonna look back on this and think what an idiot I was when I was a kid. No, I no, it's still really funny. enjoyed it. It's still, still funny. funny. Uh, I then dipped into Netflix horror. Netflix. Killer Book Club. 
Oh, yeah, I was interested in that, but then you shot it down quickly. Yeah, quick. yeah I shot it down very quickly. <laughs> Let me the tell Spaniards you. have fucked this <laughs> up, haven't they? Spaniards have fucked it up. Um, some people <laughs> mentioned... Is it a show? It's no, a show. No, 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 it's a, it's a movie. Oh. Some people mentioned that they liked the kills and the chases and stuff. I just didn't get, just didn't get it. I, I thought they were very ordinary at best. I mean, if you've seen fucking... If you've seen, I know what you did last summer, and you've seen Scream, you can Scream, you can pick this shit apart in like, five seconds. Yeah, it's it's just not good, okay. and I think it suffers from some of the translation issues as well. Yeah, I find that Netflix, you watch some of these things that have been made overseas, and sometimes the translations come across. I watched this, and some of the dialogue, I was just thinking, oh my god, and I think it's possibly the translation coming across. Yeah. But yeah, it's fucking, and you get down the stretch, and there's things that are supposed to be surprises. Whereas if you've been paying fucking scant attention, you're like, well, hang on a minute, there's still more to play out here. Yeah. So yeah, it, I couldn't recommend it okay. at all. And that was it. Okay. I talked too long about fucking subspecies and <laughs> <laughs> and the merits of Kevin Spiritas over Timothy <laughs> Chalamet. Oh, shit. What but do the yeah. Oscars know? But yeah, what though? That shit's got to be talked about. Of course. Yeah, it's got to be talked about somewhere. Kevin Spiritas needs his flowers. <laughs> Chalamet's already fucking got it. Yeah, cutting. okay. Chalamet's a darling on the indie scene, but fuck. <laughs> yeah, Spiritas has been fucking slogging away in the salt mines and shit fucking movies in Romania for years. Correct. All right. We love you, Kevin. We love you, Kevin. Just that's putting it out there. All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer from 1988's Bloodsport. The Kumate, the world's ultimate competition. The true story of a contest so deadly it must be held in total secrecy. Now, one American has come to this hidden location to win the toughest battle of hand-to-hand full-contact karate. Martial arts sensation Jean-Claude Van Damme fights to be world champion in Bloodsport Rated R. Starts Friday at select theaters. Bloodsport from 1988, directed by Newt Arnold, who directed Hands of a Stranger. It's produced by Mark DeSale, who produced Mother's Day. And the story is by Sheldon Lettich, who wrote Double Impact. And the screenplay is by Sheldon Lettich, Christopher Cosby, and Mel Friedman, who wrote Deadlocked Escape from Zone 14. Now, just to let you know, this motion picture is based upon true events in the life of Frank W. Dukes. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> it's Allegedly. It's, we'll talk quite a bit about yeah, we'll Frank. we'll talk a bit about Frank. It stars Jean-Claude Van Damme as Frank, Donald Gibb as Jackson, Lee Ayers as Janice, and Bula Young as Chong Lee. The budget was $1.1 million, and the box office was $12 million. Now... Trivia. This is where we'll start the discussion about Frank. (coughs) The movie was touted as a true story, but over the years, doubts have arisen about its veracity. Most martial (laughs) artist enthusiasts view Frank Dukes' accounts of competing in secret tournaments as complete fiction. (laughs) Along with his claims, he was an undercover CIA operative. Yeah? Frank, they don't... (laughs) 
If you're in the CIA, you don't talk about it. I was going to say, Frank, if you, if you talk, if, if, you, if somebody talks as much as you, they don't make it through the interview yeah, process, mate. Exactly. You they need, have an accident, Frank. You need to have some discretion, my friend. Now, some have pointed out that nobody else has come forward to, to confirm his story about competing in secret tournaments. Or told their own version. Frank, smart move. They're secret tournaments. <laughs> of course. Nobody's willing to talk. Frank's always got the fallback of their secret. <laughs> Nobody else wants to talk about that. It is now generally accepted that Duke's lied his way into Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. And that he has likely never won or even competed in a single martial arts tournament. Records obtained through the Freedom of Information Act show he was only in the US Marine Corps Reserve and was never posted overseas, let alone to Southeast Asia, mm. as he claimed. The CIA the has CIA. no it's record... It's a secret, Adam. Oh, it's no. a secret. The CIA has no record of ever working... With, of him, his ever working with him. <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> this is my favourite bit of the entire thing. His personal brand of martial arts, Do Rai Ninjutsu, is a complete fabrication. <laughs> Oh, Frank. Oh, Frank. I mean, just one bullshit story, mate. Like, yeah, not everything. Yeah, yeah. For yes. fuck's sake. Yes. Learn. You know, like, your George Costanza doesn't do this much lying. No. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he, Costanza feels ashamed of himself at some point. <laughs> It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Costanza does. He fucking feels a change. Oh, God. All right. I'm going to come straight out of the blocks. Okay? Yep. This movie is fucking ridiculous. Yep. The plot is not existed. The acting sucks. But I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. Yep. I love it. And you know why? Because when it boils down to what it should be doing, which is beating the piss out of people... It does it really well. Correct. Like really well. On the scale, on the scale of fucking awesomeness, it's five out of five. Hmm. On the actual scale, on the scale of believability, zero out of five. We'll <laughs> <laughs> give it a half. We'll give it a half. But on my on the scale out of five, three and a half. Three and a half. Snake eyes, mate. You know what? Yeah, watch. I could watch this fucking any day of the oh, week. Any day. If you said to me we're putting on Bloodsport today, I'm like fucking. Good. I'm taking two hours out of my work day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I actually, I'm in a meeting. <laughs> I'm working on the Penske file. Um, I, I had. I had. I did. I, I went the same. I went three and a half. I went back and revised to a four. This might be the number one case of it should be a fucking two star. Well, it should be stars. a fucking one star. Oh, it should it's, be one star. Everything about it is cut is cut rate. Yeah. But then when we get into the Kumite, where it's just fucking just on. Yeah, it's on. It has a handful of moments that are in the action fucking action movie pantheon of the greats. Yeah. Bolo, Bolo Yong is completely kind of. I don't think he's underrated, but I think it just, you know, it just needs to be said again. He's fucking fantastic and he's equal to Van Damme through the picture in limited kind of work. And you're, work. he's not a great actor. 
No, but, but that's not about that. He's a presence. He's yeah. a fucking force. He's got the biggest, fucking, biggest fucking pecs I've ever seen. I know, and he does a lot of peck flex. <laughs> and I tell you flexing. what, I've always wanted to be able to do that, but I cannot do it. Oh fuck it, yeah. And fucking to... Bullo gets a go. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't. He just does it for something to do. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, as you said. The, All the, the story beats are so cliched and everything, but it's bullshit. just like fucking awesome. But it's also one of the ones where the things that I... I mean, my likes are going to be heavily outweighed by my dislikes on the list... But all the dislikes are shit that I fucking still love <laughs> and I laugh at. But it's also got the element of, and this kind of feeds into my stars, is that Frankie Dukes, the whole Frank Dukes element of it, has kind of given it fucking legs. Yeah. We're still talking about the veracity of it. Fucking 20 I years, mean, 20 plus years down the track. It's total shit. It's like, total bullshit. It's total, it's total bullshit, bullshit, Frank. It's total bullshit. But like, it's 25 just come years. out and say it's bullshit, Frank. It's 25 years and we're still talking about that. But then it's also got this other cultural fucking significance of the Mortal Kombat stuff yes. as well, which I love Mortal yeah, Kombat. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love Mortal Kombat. I was never any good at it, but I still it's love it. It's basically Mortal Kombat. It is Mortal well, Kombat. Well, it's, it's... I mean, the story's pretty fucking well-known that they wanted to make... J- the, the Johnny Cage was supposed to be JCVD, but they couldn't work out the rights thing, so then you look at it. It's basically Jean-Claude in there, still in the fucking splits and the nut punch and all yeah. that sort of stuff, and they just built it around that. But this time around, having not watched it in a while, I picked up other stuff about it that it influenced... And look, I'm going to throw this right fucking, out there, because, just you know what, great. I've actually got a soft spot for JCVD. Yeah, and I'm actually, of course you I, It'll be interesting to read that book that I got, The Last Action Heroes, which is has a, has a, quite a bit about JCVD as well. It'd be interesting to read about him, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. But the bloke again, not a great actor. Certainly not at this time. I feel like he's improved a lot. He like has. Van Dam. Now you can you you see Van Dam and he's he's solid. Yep. Solid actor. But back then he was he was green. But the physicality of the bloke. Mm. Like, it's fucking, like, he is such, he is perfect. Like, as a director of this sort of film, you'd be like, fuck, we've struck gold with this bloke. Yeah. Like, he can do all sorts of shit that we can we want. Yes. And uh, he's, he's kind of got that blend of, and I probably haven't given him credit for this before, but he's got a blend of the the, the Stallone and the Bruce Willis. Like, yeah. he's he's got the Stallone fucking physique and stuff. Yeah. Because of his kind of small stature and stuff like that, there is a little bit of a, oh, fuck, I'd probably get that if I hit the gym 17, yeah, yeah, yeah. 17 times a fucking <laughs> yeah. If I ate fucking four, chi- four skinless chicken breasts a day and, and woke up at 3am to eat a fucking sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> 3am for a chicken sambo with two two breasts. <laughs> fucking ask Hugh Jackman about how much he enjoys a fucking chicken sandwich at 3am. I believe he's not happy. (laughs) (laughs) And Hugh's got a few years added on to this time around too, so he's probably fucking filthy this time. Because I believe he pulled up stumps on Wolverine, but he's going again. But anyway, yeah, like, it's quite Yeah, you're right, you're right. But he actually, the other thing he also brings, and, yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the Bruce Willis comparison, is that he doesn't always feel like he's going to kick ass. Even though no. you're looking at his skill set and thinking this guy would fucking yeah, well, wipe it takes the a few years. he would absolutely wallop some of these pricks. He always has taken a few. Yeah, yeah. Few. I, I kind of dig the fact He's that never he fallen into mind. the cigar trap. No, like I am so fucking good yeah. that I can't be touched. Yep. Van Dam's always been happy to get fucking belted around a bit. Correct. And I feel like that that works here too. Yeah. But the thing is, Bulo Young is such a fucking unit that 
you, even if even Van Dam's a muscly prick, mm. I'm still thinking Jung's going to whip his ass. Like he, he's yeah, he's, he's yeah, bigger yeah, yeah. and stronger than him. Like yes, that. you're still feeling in the in the fucking run of the movie. Oh, he's he's got some got, got some work ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. the fight, you know, ends fight's up playing awesome. out like that. So yeah, four stars in total for me. Straight off the bat, the fight scenes are really well choreographed. Frankie Dirks did that, didn't uh, he? Well, according, ask him. <laughs> ask I'm him sure. He did. I'm sure he did. <laughs> uh, and I think he did it in the quickest time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he directed the quickest. He choreographed the quickest fucking action scene. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you fucking bullshit artist. <laughs> They're super over the top, but yep. because they hire legit martial artists. Like, everyone in the mix at the Kumite, apart from Donnie Gibb, are legitimate martial artists. Like, they're yes. clearly martial artists. But they differentiate them a little bit, too. It's a guy who kind of shuffles around on the floor. You've yep. got that dude yep. who holds his hands out. and Yep. I mean, there's a moment that I'm, mo- I'm going to get to. There's one that's very clearly like a, a Muay Thai yeah, yeah. kickboxer yeah. up against Bolo, who's got his martial arts skills, but also combines it with that fucking... Muscle. Yeah, you know, the WWE squash match. Kind yeah. Of, you know. <laughs> and... All of them do a really good job selling the fights. Yes, yeah. Uh, and, and and they're sold really well. And I think, and I don't know, you know, obviously Newt Arnold didn't make a lot of films, but I think he was involved in some other stuff, editing maybe, um, with some bigger pictures. And he kind of knows his way around. And, and I, I guarantee you they would have hired some decent people Yeah. Um, to choreograph. And I, it looks great. Yeah, and you know I what? I was, I was initially cool. thinking. I remember so much slow mo happening, but it's it's in the right places. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. all in the right places. You know, they never overdo the slow mo. They never, you know, they just whack it in there when they have to, mm-hmm. and and it works really well in the final fight between Chung Lee and Dukes. I'm going to call him Frank from now on. I don't really want to <laughs> connect him to Frankie him. Dukes. Soundtrack. Some of the most ridiculous songs. Oh, <laughs> some of the most ridiculous. They are way over the top. But and I, the tiger, wishes it was someone. Oh, <laughs> there's one called the Kumite, I believe. The, the uh, but also some of the scored stuff. I had not picked up on this before, but there was a couple with Chong Chong Lee where I was like, it feels like I'm fucking playing Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Because the, the, the music in there sounded so much like it, and it worked really well. Worked really well. Like, the, the, the fucking foreboding kind of sounds when Chong Lee comes out. Like, I, I expected, you know, the old Mortal Kombat to finish him before, you know, before he starts breaking necks and shit like that. That stuff worked far better than I'd picked up on previously. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I have no, absolutely no issues. And look, you know what? I don't know if I could say the the... Ballads and the fucking the power. No, they haven't. They haven't. But you know what? Nail that stuff. But that was the eighties. It was. Do you know what I mean? Like you were, you were searching out that kind of shit. You were including that kind of shit. And the fact of the matter is, a guy like Stallone, he was. That was the the Stallone template. And in fact, looking at this, it reminds me very much of Rocky Four. Yeah. It's just a mass of montages. With not much else in between. Like I mean, if it wasn't for Sylvester, fucking Survivor and Frankie Stallone would still be looking for a crust somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Frankie Stallone, I can't believe he fucking sold out, what, <laughs> Bally's or some shit? 
that. that it might have been One Night Still Lonely. I think it was One Night Still Lonely. I actually like the start. That gives you like a quick two-minute brief run-through of who we'll be seeing. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's effective. Because, you know it what, is. these guys aren't characters. It is. They're just people who Can turn up. Can you tell up. me, um, everything goes well until there's one there's one person of a darker skin colour persuasion and they have him jump up a tree and chop yeah, a coconut? Yeah, that's probably not the best thing. Other than know. that, everything works yeah, out pretty works well. Out pretty well. <laughs> that, that, that hasn't aged well. That has not aged very no, well, though. No, that hasn't. But, but other than that, I feel like... You just give us a quick two minutes of the kind of people we'll see at the comedy yeah, day. and they're training in their Yeah, and they're training in their environment. Their style, their... And we don't need to know them because they are not really characters. They are just no. fighters that we will see. Nope. And that's where that Mortal Kombat connection comes in. Correct. And you this just... is what it does really well. You develop that and you... Even the guys that are, like, fucking in the periphery, you get a sense of, oh, shit, that's a guy to keep, keep an eye on. Yeah. Because he gets in there and he does some... Does some cool shit against somebody else. And yeah. So and I feel like that that works because it keeps you invested in the other fights. It does. Yeah. Then they do it when it's not just Van Dam, and they don't just and they smartly don't just roll out Van Dam every time to kick some heads. <coughs> what we do is we go, okay, Dukes will be fighting this day, but then there'll be four other fights that we'll yeah. see a little touch of, and I and think we that's know, a good move. You know, of course, you watch enough of this shit. We know if it's it's very likely going to play out as Frank and Chong Lee, but you still, as you said, you're still invested because the work is good. Yeah, yeah. And you want to know good. And you want to know who is this guy? Yes. Like so, I really appreciated the fact that they kind of did that. Yeah. Because it could have fallen into the Van Dam's the star. We're going to see Van Dam every single. You know, like all the fights are going to be just Dan Van Dam's fights. Yep. And it's a little bit where the problem lies with things like kickboxer and um, Lionheart, that sort of stuff. You know, where they just focus on Van Dam, mm. and there's not much else. Yep. So I appreciated what they did here. The training montage. Absolute genius. <laughs> oh, you know what? I have never laughed so hard to watch Van Damme get thrown on his ass like 50 times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps cutting to him going, yeah! Fucking <laughs> 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 <Like> ground. <laughs> but again, I mean, we're laughing at that, but when can you ever remember Seagal fucking having to push? No. Nah. I mean, it takes a, takes a leaf out of the Rocky playbook. Yes. And that's it works because it's like the whole Rocky thing is you always get the sense Rocky's not up to this. Yeah. And he's got to go through Hell. something to get there. Van Damme's, you know, he does it a little bit earlier because <clears throat> the Kumite stuff takes a lot longer than just one fight. Yeah. So it goes through a little bit earlier, but it's fucking sound. It works it's, for a yeah, reason. It's sound, although I don't know if the training is sound. The training is not sound. I'm going to say this. Yes, I understand fighting blindfolded. Yeah. But serving a meal? What are we doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I have definitely tipped hop scalding tea on the blind. Oh, I, I fucking definitely have. I mean, that was in my dislikes, but I, I've got my dislikes. <laughs> I can't really call them dislikes because I fucking laugh my ass off. And, yeah, also, I, why are we stretching the cunt to this? Well, serving a, hot, serving a fucking hot beverage blindfolded, but also throwing random punches while he's doing that. That's what I loved about it. <laughs> Because that is the one that fucking comes out as the, this is the one you really needed. Because he yeah. gets blinded in the fight. 
<laughs> lucky, lucky yeah, I remember. Yeah, okay, if I'm serving a bento somewhere and I can't see, fuck, perfect. Like, yeah, lucky I remember that time when I was serving that Earl Grey. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a blindfolded. blindfolded yeah, and after 25 games of dropping it in his lap, <laughs> I finally got it right. The other one, the one that comes straight after that, it, it fucking makes me giggle. <laughs> he's he's trying to meditate while the bloke's there going, whack, whack, whack. And then he starts talking about it. You learn to meditate without having your focus taken off I don't know anybody that could meditate without having that take their focus off. You yeah. just, just paddled my backside, you prick. You are fucking spanking my ass with a piece of bamboo, you prick. Like, clearly, even if I'm in a meditative state, yeah, that's yeah. going to hurt. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I understand what you're getting at. Like, <laughs> well, do I? Get the theory. The theory well, I don't is, think this is working. You want me to sort of block out pain. Yeah. And just focus on the now. Yeah, yeah. But I can tell you right now, if I'm meditating on the ground at home and my dog steps off the couch <laughs> and stands on my balls, I am no longer meditating, Jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going in the moment. I'm in the moment. And at this very moment, I can feel a paddle on my ass, and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. I also, I just, I can't understand, why the fuck are we stretching the living shit out of the blood? Well, I would have thought, you know, if you go and speak to the people that are in the know, they're probably saying, yeah, yeah, a little bit of stretching afterwards, get get yourself a chalky milk, a couple of slices yeah. of pizza to get the carbs back in, yeah? What do you reckon, should I, should I um, put some ropes up on a tree and stretch the guy... Until I dislocate some limbs. Oh, I probably wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, exactly. But I guess, you know, do what works. Do what works for you. <laughs> my, also, my absolute all-time favourite part of the entire training montage is that it's pretty clear that Van Der's been standing in that guy's living room for 10 minutes staring into fucking space. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thinking about... Thinking back the to flashback. <laughs> oh, he's brilliant. Like, he's just standing there going... Yeah. Look at fucking Dawai. <laughs> Mrs. Tanaka says, Again, <laughs> for I asked mate. you five minutes ago, tea? Yeah. He's if you want some, I'll serve a blind he's I've become quite good at that. <laughs> and don't you dare, don't you dare even think to throw a punch at me while I'm doing it. I'll, I'll have you. Yeah. <laughs> also, Tanaka looks like he's fucking dead when he opens the <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was too. I thought it was a fucking viewing door. I thought it was a prank. <laughs> he's, 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 he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Dev goes, are you awake? <laughs> uh, well, I was dead, so you fucking woke me up now. That guy is um, Chatelau in Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Yeah, right. He steals the fucking diamond. Funnily enough, you didn't uh, read this in your Frank Duke section, but <laughs> it seems like a good time to address it. I believe when they asked about the real Tanaka or whatever, the real person, he gave a name, and it couldn't actually be verified that this person existed, and then they actually found a ninja in uh, the novel of You Only Live Twice <laughs> with the same, <laughs> the same name, name. Tanaka. Uh-huh. And they brought that up and Frankie Dukes mentioned, oh, yeah, but Ian, Ian Fleming likes to name his characters after real people too. Oh, Frank, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, the jig is up, man. <laughs> it's been, yeah, I think it's been up for a while. Jesus Christ. Bolo Jung. 
He, he's intimidating. He's a presence. He's a big unit. Mm-hmm. He makes a lot of funny faces sometimes. He does. But he worked as the villain. But because, mostly they worked. The yeah, 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 There was a couple of times when he kind of like sort of sneers or yeah. laughs or whatever, and it's like... And it works, it does. Hey, that works. And what I like about it is, in any other contest, apart from the one in Frank Dukes' mind... <laughs> <laughs> That contest has been going for a lot of fights at it. I believe 300, 350 odds. Yeah, the only thing Frank actually actually learned to talk out of his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But in any other contest, Chong Lee is going to kick everyone's ass. Yep. Like, there's just this feeling that, like, the idea that he's the champ and all that, that works a treat. Yes. And Well, you look at him and you, you're fucking against yeah. everybody else there. You're like, yeah, yeah that guy's the champ. <laughs> oh, fuck, he must be. Yeah, yeah. He must be the As champ. As I said, he's fucking... One of his pecs is bigger than just about... <laughs> It's as big as my fucking competitor. head. <laughs> yeah. One of his pecs. But you, he and he can out. bounce it around. But he's, you know, the fact that he was a legitimate martial arts yep. practitioner. And a big and a bo- bodybuilder. bodybuilding as well. <laughs> when he walks out and he fucking struts out and stands there, you look at him and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> his peck looks like it is down past his fucking belly button. Yeah. Like he's this- a fucking big boy. Yeah. But you can believe that he is going to win, but then they throw in his, the villainous side of it. So they make him... They sketch out this very villainous character, but it works because it's such a simplified plot. Yeah. There's not much else to Chong Li. Yes. And but he's just a bastard. Yeah, he's yeah, just a mongrel. And so I appreciate that, but I do like a couple of times, you know, you kind of see him in the crowd smiling and kind of nodding when he watches Van Damme kick someone's ass. So he kind yeah. of, you kind of get this feeling like he, he appreciates these, the skills. Yes. But he's going to But they give out. him, you know, there's a couple, of, as you said, there's a few gestures hmm. that he makes to the crowd. They give him that moment where he tastes his blood and then kind of gets up like, I needed that almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of, there's just enough of the moments that just make him that iconic. Yeah. And yeah. can I just, uh, can I just let you know, Adam, uh, at the time of filming, Bola Yong was the same age that I am now. <laughs> let me just say, oh, yeah, I, I don't look like that. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking burst your bubble, but. <laughs> I don't want to burst your pec muscle, but it doesn't look that big. I <laughs> know. Oh, I don't think you're about to fucking tell anyone's date. No, no. I wouldn't suggest if I walked into the coom and say everyone, anyone would be fucking pooping their pants at the moment. The only person who'd be pooping their pants would be you. <laughs> exactly. Because right my pre-match diet wasn't what it should have been. <laughs> I've been eating street food. <laughs> Yeah. They said, get yourself a good meal pre-fight. I said, I went to KFC. <laughs> I'm just, oh, I'll yeah. see you in 10 minutes because I've got to You've been eating fucking Thai street food, you silly prick. <laughs> and not the good ones. <laughs> back alley stuff. You're, you're eating from the fucking back alley where the cover tape eating place. I'm eating from the back alley where that guy was kind of going, eh. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, the price was right. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's get into it here. No, huge props for um, Buller Young's um, chest flexing, though, too. Yeah. He does it fucking constantly. Oh, He's yeah. just constantly wandering around going... It's like a fucking <laughs> pair of basketballs. Just going... <laughs> 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 He's like a good little cucaracha. <laughs> Okay, one of my favourite sequences. A group of Arabs <laughs> seem to be harassing the fucking reporter. Yeah. And then Van Damme comes over and in a classic piece of misogyny, <laughs> he says, listen, I'll tell you what, why don't we gamble for her? <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, what? And she gives it a what? All the blokes go, yeah, I don't <laughs> I know. And look, I, I, couldn't, I could not... It was fucking. It was terrible. It was just terrible stuff. Yeah. But then I had to, could not stop laughing about how he took the coin and replaced it with another, which I think yeah. is probably physically not possible. Yeah. He left change. <laughs> like, like, and so I don't think that's possible. Classic like, move. Like, you would have to be so fucking quick. It wouldn't be funny. I've heard Jim Kelly talk about Bruce Lee doing that. Oh, maybe Bruce Lee could do it, but no Bruce one Lee else. Could do it, but Frank Dukes could do it. <laughs> Frank Dukes wouldn't have even got the first coin. No. Yeah, you're right. It's a, that that one is it's one of those scenes where you look at it and you're like, well that fucking And then she's that like, part of it doesn't she work. She fucking swoons. I know. The bloke. Of course. <laughs> you left change. Okay. Well, let's oh, go I'm yours. <laughs> Although I, I guess she does get to ogle fucking Van Damme's ass as he <laughs> in his as classic he kind of you know crackers that have got to be up around. He's got to <laughs> his crackers are hipsters. <laughs> they're more like stomachsters. I think they're fucking so high. Up. At one point, his pants are fucking up around his. Are they the same fucking get? That's the same get up he was eating kickboxer. Possibly. He was dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the bar. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah, but he loves it. He loves the high pant work. I know. I love it. Admittedly, it gives him a little bit more room for flex. Well, of when course. He's, yes. When he's doing his <laughs> But when you've been doing that, when you've been pulled between trees for the past, you know, 10 years or whatever he was, training with Tanaka, that's easy. <laughs> I know I'm asking, why are we doing this? <laughs> When's this going to be useful in a fight? Of course. <laughs> we to tell you how to punch someone in the balls. I get it now. But I can still do that without being fucking like, put on the rack. <laughs> can you, though? Can you? Oh, God. You can. <laughs> um, I do like, too, that Chuck Lee, his warm-up for a fucking fight is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking bush hanky. The old bush hanky, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the mat you believe yeah, yeah, yeah. well that's, that's, that looks like a fucking yeah, well, the Florida nightclub but of course you know the super secret tournament's got a fucking hefty cleaning staff that comes out after every fight oh, yeah. so. including some dirty cut who fucking takes gold teeth <laughs> I mean he fucking puts it in his mouth to check if it's real it just came out of a guy's head <laughs> exactly oh my god it's still got blood on Grub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not going to lie, the mat was pretty fucking disgusting. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I mean, you could wash that thing down properly, can't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely backing up. I'm like, you're going to step in that first. <laughs> <laughs> Just use a, use a Kleenex, you filthy. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a nice montage of punch-ups where we yeah. get to know the fighters early on. Yep. You know, we see a few of these guys, like the guy who rolls around on the mat. Yep. Yeah, he kind of jumps around a lot. Yeah. And then there's a couple of... There's one by... Looked like Capoeira for a minute there. It did, it did. <laughs> Capoeira sort of feeling. And then you got a couple of bikes that are into knee and faces pretty much. Yeah. A lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of people gobbling some kneecaps at particular points. <laughs> Blood going everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And then you throw in kind of like the counterpoint. I'm not quite sure how Jackson... Ray Jackson got a gig. To the Kumite. Yeah, well, the the funny thing is they put him in there as, like, the tank, kind of just just pure strength. But when you've seen Bolo Yong, yeah. you're kind of sitting there looking at Jackson thinking, well, if this is a, a fight that can possibly end in death, you probably would have tried to get in shape. Yeah, and yeah. Jackson doesn't look in game shape. I mean, no, he doesn't. I mean, I believe that guy's 6'4". Big yes, man. he's he a big unit, he played, no doubt. He played football. Played football, but I don't think he's in career best. Nick? Admittedly, I feel like his best performance was as Ogre in Revenge of the Nerds. And, you know, I feel like he really sold it when he had fucking Icy Hot in his jockstrap. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I feel like he really sold that part of the film. Yep. Which, you know... But look, you know yeah, what? I don't, I don't dislike him in the movie. I no, no, pretty, I, 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 I think he's pretty good. I like the little sort the of... friendship's a little goofy, but... Yeah, but, but it's a little rough little bit of banter between them that I kind of liked. Yeah, but it just kind of... It doesn't sort of... That, that, that sort of tank character doesn't really work when you've already got Chong Lee. Yeah. Um, he should have been different. He should have been picking people up and fucking, you know, like... Yeah, even bigger than Chong Lee. Yeah. And then, so when he goes against Chong Li and Chong Li does what he does to him, like, it's... Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Whereas, I still felt like Chong Li would have touched him up. Yeah. Well, I say he is bigger, but, yeah, you want a... You know, I'm thinking you're looking like looking for someone that's that's big. I like the fact that he was kind of like that unruly sort of... Yeah, I did that. I like that too, but, yeah, you... you <coughs> but he's got to be in bigger shape. You needed like an honey. Almost. Well, you needed someone with the ripped yeah, yeah, of, physique or you know muscles, <coughs> arm muscles. If you're going to wear the tank tops and shit, you want yeah, yeah you want to see that when you when you when he stands against Bolo Young, you think oh. Well, and this, this is the is thing, sort of... it's montage after montage. Yeah. But the shit is so entertaining that I'm yeah. just like, well, I don't care. No, that's right. I don't care that it's all montages. Yep. Whereas I had a problem with Rocky Four because the montages didn't really, they were shit. Like they were boring. Too much Frank. Well, too much fucking robots and shit (laughs) and driving out in his Lamborghini like an idiot and thinking about how (laughs) life's fucked with no multimillionaire. Yep. Yeah, that sort of shit. So it never really becomes a a chore to see any of the fights, Mm. which is a good thing. Like, that's a really good positive for it. Correct. Chong Lee breaking that bloke's leg so his bone sticks out. Yeah. (laughs) And I love the bloke who fucking... Threatens Van Dam with three different yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuts across Cuts his throat, the goes like this, and Van Dam just goes, boom, <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a perfect touch for Excellent. me. Excellent. Don't that? oversell, mate. No, just two of those. Two out well, of three. Well, one. One? Go on this. Cut, cut the throat. And if you get toad in the face, no one thinks you're... Not, yeah, like, people think, okay, you got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas, whereas, when you've done it three times, people are expecting you to really make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you just, just one. Take foot to just face. Just cut across the throat. Just, you know, the simple... Kind yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the textbook... <laughs> <laughs> you and that up. step back. <laughs> Immediately step back. Yeah, yeah. Give yourself some room. Correct. <laughs> Slow mo screaming. There's a fair bit. Oh, I but love mostly. the one where he goes, Yeah! It's that guy in the fucking guts. <laughs> <laughs> and then drops into the splits and punches him in the nuts. It's sack. mostly well deployed. It is. Slow mo screaming. Although they, give him, they give a bit of that to Bolo, too. He gets a bit of. Yeah, but the funniest one noisy. for me, the funniest one for me is when Van Damme is blinded in the final fight and he's just there going, ah, <laughs> screaming at the camera. Like yeah, I was, yeah. Again, I was thinking, what's wrong? Like, what's, what's the problem what's here? What's the matter here? Um, <laughs> I love the fact, going back to the punch in the, punch in the jazz crackers, which is obviously <laughs> iconic, I, all, I love the fact that they've already had Chong Lee do a bunch of really dirty shit. Yeah. So you're just kind of like, Fair play. <laughs> 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 I was getting in on the action as yeah. well, like punching people in the ball. Yeah. All he did was punch someone in the nuts. He didn't fucking break anyone's neck or <laughs> break their leg. <laughs> did Bolo Young break anyone's neck? Well, there was a couple of times when he does the whole motion of like yeah. grabbing under the yeah. chin yeah. and kind of then. Yeah. But I don't think <laughs> he break kills anyone, does he? Because the only one who closely almost gets killed is Jackson. Mm. Well, I thought he killed one of them. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. Doesn't really matter, does it? Like, <laughs> well, in Frank's mind, that guy died. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Frank's mind, I, I killed Frank that guy. was sitting on a chair going, I don't know if he was dead because I knocked him out in <laughs> fucking 30 oh, yeah, I knocked him out in three seconds, <laughs> yeah. it says. His fastest knockout, three seconds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck, so it's a one-punch knockout. Yeah, yeah, It must be. Frank's the kind of guy... Is it Jimmy Thunderstone knockout? Yeah, Jimmy, oh, fucking hell. Your yeah, head's on the other side of your... Oh, sorry, your face is on the other side of the head. It was the old Jimmy, Jimmy Thunder knockout. But <laughs> the Frank's the kind of guy, though, that you say, oh, yeah, I went out for dinner last night. I had a pretty nice... You know, I went to... I had some Thai. The green curry was reasonably hot. And Frank has to butt in and say, well, fuck, I ate the hottest green curry that's ever known to I, I, I went to Thailand. It was a secret restaurant, a back room. <laughs> that I got into because I was CIA at the time otherwise I wouldn't have got into it and the, the, the curry had the hottest fucking chilli peppers that you can't get anywhere else in the world and I ate it I ate it I finished the bowl quicker than anyone's ever finished <laughs> oh, yeah exactly I ate it quicker than anyone else by the, by the time he's finished saying that you've just kind of said shut up Frank no, you know what? The, the other part of that is I went out to deal with Frank Dukes and all he did was fucking keep getting up out of his chair and go yeah and fucking throwing punches and shit and talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's in the fucking CIA. Yeah. <laughs> he's had an interesting uh, life in his yeah. own mind. But I do like the fact that Jackson gets his ass kicked by... I mean, I know we knew that was always coming. Yeah. But it's just a nice way to raise the stakes a little bit and say but that... But they also do it well in the sense that he gets a couple of hits into yeah. on the Chong Lee as well. I've got, I've got something that dislikes... For him. Well, he gets. Yeah, you I put mean, the cunt on the ground. You fucking lay yeah, the shit right. Fucking work in the crowd. Yeah. You, as far as I know, there shouldn't be a crowd here. <laughs> <laughs> Finish the job. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If that bloke's on his knees with a set of pecs like that, 
my knee is fucking in his face like 50 times. Like, I'm just yeah. saying, bam, bam, bam. Of course. Like, of course. Hoping to Christ he goes down. Yep. I agree. <laughs> The Pedro Pascal problem from fucking Game of Thrones. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Finish the job. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Like, Don't fuck around. Get rid of him. Yeah. When John Claude's having a a moment in a bus, and and, <laughs> and and sort of, we've got a ballad playing, and he's thinking about you know what's going on and how he's going to win this fight, and he looks across and Bolo Young's in the seat. Across the way, go sneering at him, and then Dan's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I love that. Oh, I was man. like, "Oh mate, they, these guys are just firing at all cylinders." Correct. When Van Dam's fighting in his semi-final against the bloke who I think is like a, he's more of a kickboxer guy. He puts his hands up like that. Mm-hmm. There's a sequence where they're kicking each other in the rib cage. <laughs> Like a fucking pair of psychotics. Reminded me old. Remember in the eighties when you used to have the rugby league game and they'd have the kicking, the kicking duel. Yeah. <laughs> one boy could kick it, then the other boy could catch it, and kick it straight back. It was, fucking, like the, it was like they the are challenging each other in the duel. fucking ribcage, and they both go. Ah! It's like you go, I go, you go. I was ah, like, this ah, is ah, craziness. Yeah. Like stop, <laughs> stop it. Like, but in, in saying that, I loved it. Of course. It's definitely in the likes. Could not possibly be anywhere else. And the last like for me is the final fight is just gold. Yeah. Like, it all of that works. Yeah. Like, it really works well. It's, um, because it, it's it's pretty even Stevens. And the fact that Chong Lee has to, you know, resort to shit tactics. Yes. Sort of showcases, yeah, you know, again, that Van Damme's kind of got him... Yeah, got him on the ropes, and then yeah, like then, then it brings back villain move. Yeah, and then it, then it brings back the old training he'd been doing. <laughs> this is shit. Of course, because getting blinded by a liniment or whatever is very similar to when your master's asking you to serve tea with a blind. Whereas if it's me, I'm widgy to the ref. I fucking bring through something in my eyes. Yeah, what are you here for? Yeah, are like, you here for a reason? Get your fucking head out of your ass. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was no holes barred shit though. So why have we got a referee runner? In? Anyway, that's <laughs> that's a uh, yeah, that's uh, a question for another Two different question for the next part. I think it is. Part, yes. But yeah, I feel like the the film ends on high, and and I think that's the best choreographed fight. It's the best part of the film. Yep, really works. And again, I come back to Van Damme's physicality as a martial artist. Well, both of them. Yeah, both Isn't of that? them. I mean, but Bulo Young, at, I think he had a, he had a very yeah, heavy background back then, and Van Dam was pretty new to the scene. Yeah, but he, he just on screen, the bloke is so good to watch as in mm. in in these fight films. Yep, like he's really good at it, and probably not ever really better than this. No, this was because he started to cut away a little bit to things like you know your time cops, your hard targets, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I'm not saying he wasn't good on on other bits, but this is like this is his peak, sure. Yeah, this is his bread and butter. Yep. All right. Dislikes? Dislikes. Well, again, again my, my dislikes are fucking... Hard loaded. to say they're dislikes, but they're just fucking... But I love some of them, yeah. The story, logically, it's just bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you watch it and you say, this could not have happened. I mean, and we'll get into Frankie Dukes and the believability, maybe, you know, after the dislikes. I feel like Enter the Dragon is more this... You know, like, if you're having a tournament and under the eyes of... off the eyes of everyone else... Into the Dragon's more what you're doing. To an island, 
an island compound. You know? Yeah, yeah like, That's of more the style. This is in the fucking back blocks of Hong Kong. <laughs> I mean, are you fucking serious? Like, is, is Frank trying to... If you're trying to foost this upon us, don't be so fucking silly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, the logic, the, the logics of it just fall apart very quickly. Correct. So that's that's you know, let's Stop get that out of the way because we are going to come back to that a little bit. Yeah, I can't stop laughing at it, and, and it it was reinforced by the fucking honest trailer of Bloodsport yeah. again. But I love that. I mean, we're introducing Jackson at his gym, and some bloke goes, "Hey, you going to Hong Kong?" <laughs> and then starts talking about I heard the Kumite's going for some shit like well how'd you hear about it because it's supposed to be fucking super secret I got an invite you shouldn't know well, about according it according to fucking Frank Dukes nobody can verify his involvement in it yeah yeah but yet exactly. if this is anything to go by every person who's involved has told ten other people exactly exactly it is is a cast of thousands in that place it's pretty clear it's not super secret it's fucking everyone knows they've got referees (laughs) they've got fucking flag parties there there is an opening ceremony to this fucking gig yeah with performances with fucking fire exactly (laughs) so what Part of this, like, to me, super secret means it's, you know, deep in a dark, dank fucking area where they're just punching the shit out of each yeah, other. Yeah, and I think that is one of the one of the things that I bring up. I think if they remade this, which I would be open to, you know, if oh, I can cool. stick someone like a Scotty Adkins in the, Scotty Adkins in the lead in. role or something. Throw Van Damme in. Throw Van Damme in, you know, like they Tanaka. do the kickboxer as the Tanaka role. But I would say you take out some of the sillier aspects about how many people fucking know about it. <laughs> but also, you go with the kind of Mortal Kombat style, the fights take place in different places because yes. you're trying to fucking keep on the move. You're trying to keep it clandestine. So you have a couple of the fights leading up yeah. in different places and, and then you finish in this arena-type setup. I like it, I like that. I reckon that's that's kind of the, the play to go for, but in saying that, it's still pretty cool to see all those all the fights in the venue that it's... Oh, like, it is, that's, yeah, I get that. It just stretches the believability fucking even more than Frankie Dukes can stretch it, I think. <laughs> but everyone knows about it. She's a reporter and she says, so, tell us about the commentator <laughs> to these two fucking Asian guys at a bar. I mean, maybe it's just me. Yeah, well, that's I, was what just I, was I was just here having a fucking drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But all of them are at the hotel too. Is that a sponsorship deal? <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to that. Yeah, the Golden Dragon. But I love dragon. that, they, uh, as, as we said, again, coming back We've to the... We've all got super... rooms the Golden Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> coming back to the Super Secret Tournament, it's great that they employ a bloke to sweep the ring in a fucking underground death match. <laughs> <laughs> Do you work for cash? Because <laughs> if you're in a union, well, I think I'm going to hang up. you working for gold teeth. <laughs> <laughs> You're working for whatever you can pull out of some bloke's mouth. <laughs> shit beat out of him. I oh, don't get all that. Like, I don't get no, it. No, Like, at one point, the uh, the reporter says to Van Damme, what is this air of mystery? And I was like, what <laughs> mystery? Every yeah. cut in town knows about this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's no mystery. 
You are the most ignorant reporter I've ever fucking met. Can we just acknowledge too that she's in back-to-back episodes? Yeah, I know she's in the burning as well. So there you go. But yeah, yeah, there's a bloke scalping tickets. I mean, honestly, if it was modern day, you you're going to be able to bet on this on fucking sports bet. Everyone knows about it. I know. Fucking hell. Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly and, uh, you know, don't enter death matches. Yeah, you, you can, can avoid it. it. The acting's shocking. Yeah, yeah. Van, Especially for... The young Van Damme is fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I've seen some shit performers, but oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> I, like, every time... Me and a mate. I mean, they bring up the fucking commentary then too. Yeah, yeah. Well, goes, oh, I'm going to get into the commentary. I'm my father <laughs> proud and I'll fight in the commentary. I'm thinking, well, your dad would probably be happy if you didn't. If <laughs> if you might die, it's, there's a chance you might die. As you well, said, I may be misled and second, the people are dying. Secondly, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Does your dad know it doesn't exist? <laughs> but. but me, yeah, me and a mate had a we had a fucking running gag for years. It was like any time we said, "Oh, you know," any time you mentioned anything that was some kind of fucking bargain or whatever, we we out the what kind of a deal? <laughs> what kind of a deal? Jesus Christ Almighty! But he is yeah notoriously bad performance. It's a shocker, and he's fucking dubbed. For some reason. He was so bad they dubbed him What's by good? another bad actor. What is going on with the dubbing there? Almighty. Absolutely. Now, good. Van Damme is American. That doesn't work. When you've got a thick accent. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know why you've been hired, because supposedly you're like Frank Dukes. Yeah. Or yeah. you are Frank Dukes. Yes. But yeah. you, like he's not an American. No. They should have just gone away from that and said, from his current nationality, you know. yeah. yeah. American by way of... Yes, yes, it should have been. That's unknown. So his mates was bloody the ultimate warrior, is he? Was he from Parts Unknown? Yeah, that's Parts Unknown. It was a cocaine highway. I think Frank Dukes Frank Frank and the ultimate warrior had a similar grasp of reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they did. He's a fucking ultimate warrior had zero grasp of reality though, didn't he? (laughs) He was a fucking stupid (laughs) (laughs) That would have been the Kumite match for the ages. (laughs) Frankie Dukes versus Ultimate Warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimate Warrior coming running down from the fucking top part of the thing, shaking shit and carrying it like a fucking lunatic. Holy shit. Anyway, I forgot to. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I had this. I think I put this in the wrong section. But the uh, the <laughs> line about the uh, going back to just quickly giving Bolo Young some credit. The whole fucking thing about very good, but bring not it back. Yeah. Classic yeah, action yeah, movie yeah. line alert. Yes, we I need think. a fucking buzzer kind of sound. <laughs> <laughs> A classic action line. There is one. And also, there is no way you're doing that. No. There's no fucking way no. you're putting exactly the amount of pressure on the top bricks to smash the one on the bottom. I mean, but you're I smashing thought, all of them. I also thought the dim mark was like a, you know, it was a touch. It's like the death touch where you're not using 
heaps of force. Just going to say you hitting the pressure points and shit like that. Bricks don't have pressure points. Yeah, do well, they? Well, they do, but they well, well, ask Frank Dukes, mate. They're probably <laughs> fucking living. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Frank Dukes. <laughs> the world record's flashing up on signs during fights. I mean, it's enough that Frankie's bullshitting about us anyway. But I have. Well, no... I said it was a minute twenty-two. I we have did no... turn that bloke up. It was about fucking five seconds. Yeah, I have no explanation for that other than. Cannon film. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good idea, Frank. Let's fucking go with that. Oh, yeah, that was fucking ridiculous, that stuff. Ridiculous. Now, let me throw you the biggest thing. The two agents who are chasing him serves absolutely no purpose. I mean, fucking Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> and those ridiculous tastes. <laughs> but as I, like, I've circled here... There's the really baffling music choice during the chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've written where they're running from Forrest Whitaker and his mate, who might be Frank Drebin. <laughs> I think he was. <laughs> he, he was as close to Frank Drebin <laughs> as you could get. Yeah, it was Frank Drebin without the fucking... He was, was going to come home in a suit and then say, I'm going to slip into something more comfortable and come out in a fucking dinner suit. <laughs> Yep. I cannot believe I find that shit amusing. <laughs> yeah, they could have just dropped that. Yeah, it was just nothing. It, it was zero. He was on the run. Just have him show up. But then at the at the last fight, they fucking had road. to be on the fucking they run. They scalped tickets. Yeah, they, they picked up a couple of tickets from old mate out of the street. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he was lucky to have tickets because there's so many people interested. Exactly. No, but this is the thing. Why did he have to be on the run? What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I didn't Nothing. think it needed to be. He just needed to turn up to Hong Kong and and meet up, meet Randy Jackson, whatever his name was. Yeah. And and that's you know that's where we start. <laughs> They're both going to the Kumite. Yep. Well, I don't give a shit that he was on the run. No, I don't care. And talk about some shit acting. The guy who plays the the army or the his boss. Yeah. And the guy yeah. comes back and says, oh, I was in the, he was in the shower and he's run off and he's like, what the fuck? And it's, it's clearly been dubbed over. And he's going, you get him back here. I will. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Cool it off, please. I love the line where Dukes is talking to the reporter and he goes, ah, strict rules, no press. I'm sitting there going, every other prick's in town, so any reporter worth their salt has got a ticket. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? It seems like just coming off the street. <laughs> like, if, like, if I'm a reporter, I'm not even talking, telling them I'm in the press. No, I'm that's like, right. I, I just want to surprise, surprise. She gets there, no drummers. <laughs> I know. On the arm of some sleazy tab sportsman guy. I mean, the, it's like a Vegas fucking fight night. Everyone's in there. So I don't think the press is having trouble. I don't think the real rules are too strict. So why do we even bother talking about that? Correct. <laughs> like, correct. Silly. I don't need to worry about that. I mean, I, I put most of my stuff in the likes. Oh, yeah. So I've Hell got yeah. My, very little here. And as I said, what the fuck is Jackson doing over-celebrating? Like, you put Chong Lee on the, on the deck... Yeah. You then fucking, you lay into him. Yeah. It's just one of those really frustrating movie sort of TV And it's movies. because they, like, they had oh. him at the start sort of going, yeah. I want you and all this sort of yeah. shit. Yeah. But I hate it when it's like so obvious that it's going to, that you know, you turn around, you flex and you're, yeah, with the crowd and it's like. And we know he's, this guy's going to get his fucking head kicked Yeah, it's frustrating to watch. Also, I love the fact that Van Damme runs out onto the disgusting 
floor that he's laying face down on yeah. and starts grabbing him by the neck. I'm like, this guy could have a fucking you spinal injury. You have done the first aid course, haven't yeah, you? You have just paralysed that man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You fucking paralysed him. Correct. He's, he's got a spinal injury there, mate. Yeah. All right, what else you got? Well, I think mostly the dislikes are done. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention, too, there was the, the fight, which I didn't realise until, again, this time... But am I mistaken, or is it Chong Lee? We get a bit of Chong Lee versus Tong Po. Oh, do we? I think Michael Casey is one of the. Oh, one right, of the guys yeah, yeah. That, that's not bad. Little, um, two two uh, great proponents of the squash matches. In yeah, the yeah. Leagues. and of course, so that was Tong cool. Po gets his fucking ring. I'll get yes, in. of course. So we've got a little. We've got the extra section. <laughs> the extra section is the Kumite, is it? Or the Frankie? We've got some questions about the Kumite. Well, okay. Frankie, are you asking me these questions? Am well, I? Well, we've both got some questions to raise here. I think. Okay. So first off, who's keeping the records? Who are the record keepers at the Kumite? Because I thought if you're holding a super secret tournament, the last thing you'd want is to be fucking keeping records. No, stats are not That's important. That's how Parramatta got fucked over on the salary cap scandal. If you're cheating, you don't keep notes. You keep two sets of books. You Jack. don't talk about oh, it in hey. minutes. <laughs> you know what, though? You're not taking stats. No. What the fuck do we need stats? The, the, the stat that gets me at the end is the oh. fastest kick. Who's fucking? How do you know? What do you mean? Yeah, the fucking speed gun at the at the tournament. That's bullshit. In nineteen seventy five, between nineteen seventy five and nineteen eighty, yeah, you're telling them they were using radar technology. Radar guns. They're lucky to fucking use them. You're telling us they're fucking getting in there, setting up. We're fighting, and then we're fucking off, so no one knows we're here. But we're setting up. So we've got time to stop and say, "Hey, let's have a quick look at how quick guns go." Frank. Frank, you're talking out of your So ass, that's the question. You're still talking out of your ass. Whose job is it to keep it hush-hush? Because you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the social media age, that motherfucker would have it out on Instagram. Exactly. I, I mean, mean, Jackson meets Van Damme on an arcade machine, arcade machine and goes, hey, you want to see me fight for real? Come on down to the Kumite. <laughs> like, what? Among other examples. I mean, I was at least expecting him to go, oh, shit, I shouldn't have yeah, said sorry, that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Please forget that last conversation. Also, whose job is it to scout? Who's scouting for fighters? Do we yeah, who decided? Who, who, who got picked? Who gets the invites? Can I ask how did Frank Dukes get picked? He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. He wrote this in his own mind, so fuck it. I, 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 I <laughs> For a similar token. Yeah, okay. We're a super secret fighting yeah. organisation. <laughs> We've got... These processes that are supposed to keep this secret, we've, as I said, I'm, I'm, I have questions about who's scouting, but we've scouted fighters. So why do we have a registration desk? Yes. <laughs> why the fuck do you turn up? You walk in and go, I'm here. I'm here to engage in. <laughs> 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 yeah, you lead to the desk. You go, don't tell anyone. But I'm <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it super secret Where is it? <laughs> Did you register before the cutoff last week? <laughs> it's not tough, mother. Because yeah. you know we can't do registrations on the day. The administration's just fucking. <laughs> no, mate, you're too late. You should have fucking checked in two days ago. <laughs> come on, come on. Oh. Give us a spell, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Make it somewhat realistic, mate. Like, so realistic. <laughs> At least, look, when you wrote all this fucking fever dream coke bullshit <laughs> down, you should have gone back over it. 
and cut yeah. out some of the more ludicrous. Yeah, oh, I think it's probably silly if I have to register before I fight. No, but I wrote it the quickest time. So. Can, you sign the, can you sign the insurance form as well before we get underway? There's a waiver. Fuck, if there's a waiver, I am just going off. My next question is, what do you gain from sponsoring a tournament? Because I believe we mentioned that there's an international federation of fighters or whatever that sponsored the tournament. They're our co-sponsors for this event. What do you gain from sponsoring a tournament that, in theory, nobody should be finding out about? And, other, and people are potentially dying. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's a good thing for Denko Rubs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, put yeah, a bit of like DP right. on that guy's neck. If you feel like <laughs> you've just had your neck broken, put a bit of DP on it. <laughs> put a bit of Chuck a bit of Denko Rub on there. I bet you'll come back to life. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, you know, my understanding of sponsorships is it's kind of mutually beneficial to get everyone's name out there. Correct, <laughs> correct, correct. But if you're, uh, yeah, if you're supposedly at a tournament... Again, this is stepping into, it's clearly bullshit. It's clearly bullshit, exactly. Like, if, if any of this is based in what his recollections are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd actually uh, like to ask Frank, what were you on? Yep, yep. And this was happening. Exactly. So now getting into Dukes... Himself. Just before I go into some of this, do you? Where's your level of believability? Oh, zero. Zero. Yeah, the guy. This is all <laughs> bullshit. Like, he may have had some martial arts training. That's they're, they're the things I don't know much about. Yeah. But it's pretty clear. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that I, look everything that seems to be out there about, about it is debunks everything. I'm about a th- two or a three, and I'll, I say that because I think yes, he has practiced martial arts yes. in some capacity. I'll give him that. Two, he was he did serve, but I think all of the the levels and the, the, the level that he served to supposedly in his mind, as you said, has been fucking debunked. Yeah. But also, I've no doubt these fucking tournaments I mean fucking underground fights, of course they take place. Oh yeah. But but I don't think they keep records. But nobody knows who the fucking champ is and all this but shit. But exactly. And we throw this at it says I mean, is my recollection off, or does he say it takes place every five years? He's saying it's every five years, but then we finish up at the end with... Between 75 and 180. Between 75 and 80, he had an undefeated record of 329 fights. I'm like, mate, you said there was fucking one tournament every five years. Yeah, but also, Frank, are you trying to tell me that in those five years you fought fucking 370 people and beat them all? And I mean, at least give me a number I can believe. He also says 59 knockouts in a row, and it's like, anyone with a fucking common... Anyone with a, a grasp of maths is like, but you just told us it's every five years. That you couldn't possibly have knocked out 59 people in one tournament. <laughs> like, well, you can. I mean, who are you fighting? It's bullshit. Is this Frank, just, is Frank, this gonna, is a, Frank has been... He studied bullshit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> from day one. That is the only He's thing he's fucking bullshit But yeah, I mean, the things it's that... It's like Will Chamberlain and he's thinking about 20 million, 20,000 women Yeah. and when they actually break it down, it means he's had to have had four or five women a day yeah. since he was 15. But the other thing, like, so obviously I've said the numbers don't work from what they give us and they come from Frank, but Frank's also revised things. Whenever anyone brings up something, oh, you said this... And then you said this. It's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, his story constantly changes. Yeah. But also, as I said, I've got no qualms that, yeah, there probably has been fucking fighting tournaments unsanctioned, 
underground for whatever reason, you know, criminal organisations, whatever. Yeah. But every story he has told has been to boost his own fucking reputation. Yes. And nothing more. It's yeah. always it's not, been about it's how not, good It's not Frank taking was. anything out of it or revising, okay, that maybe that wasn't as good as it... I made it out to be. Yeah. It's, it's always about him. making him better. And Frank is clearly, by the sound of things, someone who, you know, I have to be the greatest. And I cannot... Every story he's told is I, about how he's, oh, yeah, I was supposed to be in there infiltrating to get some contacts, but I turned out to be one of the greatest fighters they'd ever seen. Yeah, that's right. So like, it's, never, it's never like... So one minute you're the greatest fighter that's ever been seen... You're also in the CIA? Yeah, it's too much. Everything he says is always this angle of how, oh, I just got in this fucking situation and I just happened to be the best person that's ever done it. Yeah, and that's just such crap. It's, like, it's such, such crap. crap. And as as we've kind of spoken about, he's talking about the fucking, the speed of his kicks and all this sort of shit. Mate, they didn't track that. If it the was only fucking, fucking speed of the shit you coming out a, of your mouth, mate. Yeah, if you were in a, if you were in a fucking street fight or an illegal fight, all they cared about was who's fucking running the dollars here. Yeah. And then as soon as the fight was over, we fucking cashed out and we went home. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't keep, they, didn't they, they didn't say, just grab the record books and put that one down because yeah. that was the quickest knockout we've ever had. That fucking foot speed was like 72 miles yeah. an hour. Because you like, look no at, you know, the original, you know, the original UFC, even UFC now is that sort of stuff. It's yeah. like, oh, let's get these fighters together and... You know, see who's the best. So I'm not. I've got no no issues that that sort of stuff happened. But Frank's failed to prove that he was the best at any kind of regulated competition. <laughs> so. Yeah. so if you were the best at an underground fighting tournament, surely you would have some skills in proper regulated fighting. Yeah. Yep. But Frank has absolutely nothing to back any of this up. No, none. So to me, I can't believe any of it. Bullshit. And, and I th- Black Bell's in bullshit, though. <laughs> yeah. And Frank has been trotting this shit out forever. Yep. Instead of just fucking shutting the fuck up and staying away from yeah. it. Instead of saying, look, I lied. <laughs> I or, or preserve the mystery and don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Now, I, I don't think know Sheldon Ledditch has mentioned in a couple of interviews, yeah, yeah, Frank likes to tell a few tall tales that fucking came, <laughs> came unstuck very quickly, but it sounded like a good idea for a movie. So. But you know what, though? In my experience, Jared, maybe, you know, maybe this is my experience is different to everyone else's, but people who talk a lot of shit usually haven't done what they're talking about. No, that's right. Because that's why they're talking. Because what they're doing is they're trying to make you believe something so you either you'll fucking go, oh, you know, tell me more or, or become like, you know, infatuated with their crap or. They're trying to basically create this thing about them. Yeah. That makes them interesting. Yep. And it's the guys that don't talk about that stuff are usually the ones you then find out, oh, holy shit. So, you know, this person used to do this. And, yeah. You yeah. know? Yep. So that's just my personal experience. And it just sounds like Frank's doing this to... Frank's looking out for Frank. <laughs> Frank's looking out for Frank, but Frank also doesn't understand that you can't be the greatest at everything, mate. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's where stories come unstuck. Yes. That's where Costanza's web of lies falls apart. <laughs> Usually. Yeah, yeah. Someone finds the Penske file, opens it and realises it's an empty file. Like, that's... 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he said he's put it in a fucking, he's put it in one of those concertina folders, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't actually done any work on it. Oh, so, man. yeah, Frank's a, Frank's a dribbler. Like, it doesn't, doesn't stop this from being a great movie, though. No, of course not. Of course not. Is that everything from you? Yeah, that's everything. All right. That was Bloodsport. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podomatic. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia. On Instagram at Thrill Me Podcast AU and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Try and rate and review us, please, if you can. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for details of the next film that we cover. But until then, take it easy, everyone, and we'll catch you all later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.